Good morning, all seasons. Everybody doing good? Morning, morning, morning. Man, y'all are just worshiping now. You can't even say morning. Come on now. You can do better than that. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Man, what an awesome job, the praise team. I was just sitting back there and just, just crying and worshiping. And uh, boy, if you miss that opportunity, I mean, the presence of God just moving and uh, reminding you that you are a champion. That's what we're dealing with in our series, that what does God do to create and make champions? How does He build champions? And how does He do this in the process of time? They're not, they're not born, they're made. We made that very clear, that champions are not born, they are made. They're given certain qualities and abilities, but the fact is, is that they have to be made into the person that they are. That's why when we as Christians look at our lives, we can be champions. And we're like, well, I can't. I can. But that's the beauty of it, is that you get to die, Christ gets to live through you, and Christ was a champion. So that means you get to be a champion. It's not about your ability or, or all that you can accomplish. It's the fact that Christ is in you. And all of a sudden now, you can do what you could not do before. You can overcome what you could not overcome. And we've been talking about how to create this champion. How does God go about creating a champion? Last uh, week, we talked about choosing your traits, how God in our lives gave each one of us our strengths, our abilities, our, our different things, and our weaknesses. In my life, as I've, I've told you, I am a uh, INF, um, whatever it is, J, INFJ. And so in, in my life, when I look at my life, there are some strengths. In fact, let me pull over here and I'll, I'll show you. And when I look at myself, okay, so I'm an advocate. That's, that's an INFJ. I'm an advocate. And you read about your personality, it's pretty cool. Listen, is someone with an introverted, intuitive feeling and judging personality traits? They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision, personal values, and quiet, uh, principled version of humanity guide them through all things. They treat people as if they were uh, how they would want to be treated and how they would want someone to treat them. They're, they're the rarest of the personality traits, so, so I don't bump into a lot of people like me all the time. Uh, not everybody sees the world like I see it. Not everybody uh, goes through life like I see it. Uh, their biggest thing is to stand up for what's right. In my life, that is what I'm willing to die for, what's right. That's just the way I'm built. It's just doing what's right. It doesn't matter what it costs. You do what's right. Now, in that, I also have some problems because connecting with others. I have a quiet personality. Advocates may be reserved. Duh. We, we're not outgoing all the time. We're more reserved. We, we, that's our personality. Uh, but there's a cost to my success. There's a cost to all that I do. Listen, at times, advocate may focus so intently on their ideals that they don't take care of themselves. I get told that all the time. Because that's just the way I'm built. It's the way God made me. He gave me my strengths. He gave me my weaknesses. We talked about, do you know your strengths and your weaknesses? Did you take the time to figure those things out? Did you take the time to say, wow, this is how God made me. He made me with my strengths, my weaknesses. He gave me my personality. He gave me uh, my character. So all that I have 
in my life as God is creating a champion. He says, Tim, I built you unique. I built you with your own personality. I built you unlike anyone else that I've ever made. And that, that's okay because that's what makes us special is that God designed us and gave every one of us. So you want to try to realize that God is trying to make his hero different from other heroes. What we always do is we try to look at somebody like, ooh, I want to be like that, or I want to be like that. When really what we need to do more than anything else is, God, make me the best version of who I'm supposed to be. Make me the best at what I'm supposed to be in my life. I'm different. You're different. That's okay. It doesn't make you less, more. It just means you're different. And God who created you didn't have any problem with it. God who created you said, that's just the way I wanted you to be. So today we want to understand how God then takes champions and does the next thing. The next part of what creates a champion is not just what he's given you. And we could go into even further as we talk about your, your gifts. We can talk about what God has given us now through gifts through Jesus Christ. We can talk about forgiveness. We can talk about our future. We can talk about our home in heaven. We can talk about all the different other areas in which we have been gifted. But now this next part is very important because of all the things that will stop a champion, this will stop you. Of all the things that will kill a champion, that will kill you from being what you're supposed to be. What makes a champion so unique and what kills other people who don't become them is one thing. It's your backstory. It is your, as they do in the Marvel show, your origin story. Anybody ever see Wolverine's origins? In fact, we just came out with Black Widow, and we've watched Black Widow for the last 10 years, 15 years in these movies, and then they finally come out with her origin story to show you where she came from and who her parents were and all that her life was and how she grew up and all of these different things that took place. So in your life, as we study today, you're going to find out that when God is making a champion, he has to create them with background. Every one of you in this room has a backstory. Some of you come from broken homes. Some of you come from, 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 split parents. Some of you come from being raised by grandparents. Some of you came from different mindsets. Some of you came from, boy, school was hard for me. For some of you, school was easy for me. Every one of us in this room has a backstory, and it is part of what makes you who you are. Listen, you got to come up with this to this degree. God thinks about how his champions' powers evolve. Remember, we've talked about David We've talked about Joseph. We've talked about Paul. God, through his backstories of your life, helps your powers, helps what he's called you to be to evolve. That's why Paul would later say, I move from glory to glory to glory. In my life, I don't even know what I'll be 10 years from now because God has planned out all the circumstances and all the things that I've got to go through to teach me and pull from me everything that I was designed to be. So my life then becomes a journey full of this God-ordained, God-led steps that is going to make me a better person than I am today. That is the story that God wants to create in your life. Listen, what community did you grow up in? What was the people around you? Who were the people who influenced you? Every one of us in this room has to deal with this. Look at 
our characters that we've studied. David, what was the community he grew up in? We grew up around other brothers, older than him, stronger than him. He grew up around basically being an outcast. Because we know this because even when they invite the brothers to a party, his dad doesn't even invite him. He just basically leaves David out in the field and doesn't even consider that David could possibly be the person that Samuel's looking for. David is having background and backstory issues. Joseph, we already know how bad his situation is. His brothers would have killed him if they couldn't have found a way to sell him. Threw him in a pit. That's his backstory. Can you imagine him being in Potiphar's house and somebody in, the, in there asking him, how did you end up here, Joseph? Well, my brothers sold me. Imagine that is your backstory that you have to tell people. How did you end up here? How did you get here? Well, they, I don't know. They were going to kill me and decided to sell me. How about the Apostle Paul? Paul, how did you get here? Well, you know, my background is I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. Man, I studied. I was going to be the best of the best. I even killed Christians for a while because that was a really good way to get noticed. And then I got saved. Man, that was a total change. The same people I was killing, now I'm trying to win. Every one of us has a backstory. All of our heroes have backstories. The question is, is does my backstory limit me or stop me? Let me show you some scriptures real quick as you turn in your Bibles. 1 John 1 and 9. We'll use this as our kind of our main thoughts. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? That means you move from your past, the things that used to hold you, the things that used to have you, the life you used to live, and then every bit of it is gone. There's a new life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have left your backstory behind. Go to the next one, Philippians 3. Listen to what it says here. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. What did I just tell you? I haven't, I'm not arriving this week and I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. The Apostle Paul, for nearly 20 years of his life, has been on a journey of walking with God, talking with God, growing in God. And this is what he says. Brethren, I don't even count myself to have what? To have arrived. I don't consider myself to have made it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. To make a champion, the Apostle Paul, to make a champion, David, to make a champion, listen to me, being able to walk out of your past, to take from it what you need, to get from it what is important, and to leave out what's not is so vital. Go with me to Isaiah 42, 3. Isaiah 43 and 18. That's what it says. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? I will even make the road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
Go to Galatians. Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives where? In me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. All of this is them speaking about not living in their past, not remaining in their past. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. I'll show you 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry then of reconciliation. Go to Luke 9 and 62. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit. For the kingdom of God. You, you will, in other words, you will never be a champion as long as you are holding to your past while you're trying to move into your future. I could, I could read you 17 more scriptures. I could read you 100 more scriptures through the Bible that deals with this very issue because listen to me, I don't care where you've been, what you did last week, I don't care until you're willing to draw a line and say, you know what, what happened at, at at 10 o'clock this morning or, or, or at 8 o'clock this morning, from 8 o'clock this morning past, none of it matters anymore. None of it matters anymore. And the people who can do that are able to move forward as champions. In sports, we have a, a different phrase for it. In sports, we tell people you've got to have a short-term memory. To play sports, to be an athlete, to be a champion, you may... You may Intercept a pass. I was watching a guy the other night. Man, he did a great job. He blocked a pass. Man, he got up. And he was all fired up. And he was all. And then two plays later, a guy threw a bomb on him. Well, I guess he's just going to sit on the sideline and quit now. No. He's right back out there talking. Can't nobody beat me. Can't nobody. I'm like, man, then they just. Uh, that just as an accident. That's just, just lucky. Because to be an athlete. To be successful in life, you have to have a short-term memory. To have a, a relationship with your wife, husband, you better have a short-term memory. To, to make it long-term at your, where you work, you better have a short-term memory. To be a champion requires that ability in your life. So, Brother Lott, how do we... How do we get past our past? Well, let's look at it. Why is it so hard to let go of a past? Why is it so hard to let go and move forward? Why, why is it this morning that you can't just forget where you've been? Why can't you just forget what happened? Why can't you just forget what they did and move forward? How come Joseph can forget and then all of a sudden, the next time we see him with his brothers, he's crying and hugging their necks. How is it that David, even though he's been pushed down by his family, didn't get invited to the party, his older brother told him, even when he was going to fight Goliath, I know why you're here, you're just a little haughty thing, you just got an arrogant spirit about you. And, and, and yet at the same time, we read shortly after this, that all of his family go to David because David is growing in power. 
Why is it the Apostle Paul, who at one time was killing Christians, all of a sudden now becomes the man that writes two-thirds of the New Testament and becomes, other than Jesus, the most powerful character in Christian? How do you do that? Forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the prize. Why is it so hard, Brother Lot? Let me share with you. When you let go, you are forced to leave behind some of the related aspects of the bygone time. In other words, let me say it this way. By leaving them behind, by leaving things behind, by moving forward, you are discarding a part of yourself. See, to move forward, anytime you move forward, you have to, some part of you has to die. Some part of you has to die. It doesn't matter in all the issues we have in our society right now with, with race and everything else and religion and everything else. Do you know why we cannot move forward? Because there are parts within all of us that we do not want to die. We want to keep bringing up something that may have happened three lifetimes before we were born. And still hold to it. And wonder why we can't ever find peace in it. Listen. Then you would no longer be the same person that you were before. See, to, to move forward, when that part of you dies, you can't be the same person that you were before. Linda B. Johnson said it this way. You can draw lessons from the past but you can't live in them. You can draw lessons from your past, but you can't live in them. Let me go ahead and just say it this way. There are three types of people in this room right now. When I meet people, I meet three types. And, and so I'm always quickly trying to figure out who I'm talking to. So let me give you a scenario of people that I'm talking to. Every person in this room has two bags. Every person in this room has two bags in your hand. And, and the bags hang over. Imagine them tied and they're hanging over your shoulder. The first person that I would meet in this room, the bag that they have in the front is their past. And the bag in the back is their present. So as I'm meeting this person, they are constantly, and I'm like, well, tell me about your life. Tell me about your life. Well, they can quickly, man, I just can't do what, look, look, I got all these issues. It's always right here. I'm always dealing with them. It's always, and, and they're constantly pulling out. And then you ask, well, man, God's been good to you. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because that's where? Behind them. So they never spend time looking at it. And the weight of their past, all their past, and even the weight of their present, Slows them down. The second person that I meet in life is I meet the person that have two bags. But this one has the present and the future. In, in their front, they have their past in the back. They're trying hard all the time. 
Like, man, I know I'm supposed to. I know I'm supposed to be better than this. I know I'm supposed. You ever meet people like that? I know I'm. I know I could already be past this. I sh- Why can't they? Because they're still toting. They don't. They don't want to talk about it. Well, tell me about. It. Oh, I don't. Even, I don't even like thinking about it. But you're still toting it. You're constantly toting it. You've been toting it for years. The hurts. You've been toting it for years, what somebody said. You've been toting it for years, what somebody did. And so in your life, this is the way you carry. The third person that I meet, this person's moving pretty fast. This person's getting stuff done. And you're like, well, he's got two bags. Yes. He's got his future in the front. He's got his past over the backside of his shoulder. The only difference is he's cut a hole in his bag on the back. So as quickly as something happens to him and he puts it in the bag, it goes in one hole and it creates no weight. Those are the three types of people that I meet every single day. Now the question is, which one are you? Which one are you? Which person are you? You always have your past in your front. People can see it coming. And if they try to tell you, man, you know, God's been good to you. Yeah, I guess so. Or are you the person that tries to constantly like convince yourself, I know I'm supposed to be, I know I should be better. I know, I know God's been so good to me. I'm looking at, I know God's been. I mean, you may have been in this room praising this morning. And, and man, what an awesome praise. And Jennifer's talking about being a champion and, and talk to your soul. Soul, look, don't be lazy on me now. Don't be getting weak on me now. Don't get sluggish on me now. And you're constantly that person. You're, you're trying to, I know I'm, man, I know I'm a champion. I know. But as soon as you turn around and head back to your chair, because oh, you still tote all the weight of your life. And that third person is the one that's moving. They're, they're looking at their future. And they don't carry the weight of their past. And you have to be one of those, one of those individuals. We can draw lessons from our past, but we can't live in them. Let me give you a few things here about how to move forward from your past. Number one. Don't ever suppress your emotions. I learned this from my parents. My parents would have some of the biggest knockdown, drag out fights I ever saw in my life. You wouldn't think it with Jane and DeWitt Lott. Man, she'd get to nagging on him. He'd get to fussing at her. They get to, and we'd think, oh Lord, they're gonna they're gonna divorce. They're gonna leave each other. They're gonna. But you know what I learned from my mom and dad? I learned that it was good and healthy for them to express their emotions and to get out of them what they were frustrated with at the moment instead of sitting by each other for 13 years and never saying, what's wrong, you doing all right? I'm fine. And then one day you get the paper that says, I'm leaving you. I didn't know. What, what, what happened? Well, it's been going on for a long time. See, emotions are good. It's okay. If there's things you got going on, if there's issues you need to talk about, listen to me. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Share it. Tell them, look, I don't like the fact you don't brush your teeth before we go to bed. You need to start brushing your teeth. 
You'd be amazed how something little like that will just fester in people's lives. I have marriage counseling and things, and you'd be amazed some of the little stuff that comes up. Well, he just won't put his shoes outside. I've told him a thousand times to put his shoes outside. I'm like, you're telling me all of this frustration we're having is because he don't put his shoes outside? But if you harbor that all the time, if you walk in the house every time like, there's them shoes again. There's them shoes again. If you harbor it all the time and you never express it, then you're stuck in your past. Quickest way to get past your past is start expressing what you're feeling. It's good sometimes just go out in the woods, I do, and just scream. It's good to write people's names on golf balls and then shank it off in the woods. It's like, well, there goes Joe. It's good to express your emotions. Number two, but don't allow negativity to rule the roost. In other words, don't express your emotions every time somebody's around you. Get it out of you, but don't get it out of you every second of every day. You ever meet people like that? It's like they're always unloading about something. Never getting past, just, just constantly unloading. And so in your life, you need to realize, don't allow the negativity to rule the roost. Number three, always use the past as a learning experience. There's nothing in my, my life I would change. There's nothing in my life that I would change. Because if I changed any part, I wouldn't be who I am. It would be something that would be missing from my character. Now, does it mean I liked all the things that happened to me? Does it mean I wish I could go through it again? Oh, no, no. I, I went through it one time. The hurt was enough. The pain was enough. The, the disappointment was enough. The, 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 the wrestling it out was enough. But I'm thankful. Do you think Joseph would have said, hey, I would change anything about our life. I wish y'all hadn't thrown me in that pit. I wish you had No. You know what Joseph says? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for... Joseph said, I wouldn't change anything about my life. It took every bit of it to get me to here. It took every bit of it to get me here. Number four, always choose to live in the present. Always choose to live in the present. Where, where are you going on vacation next? Where's the next restaurant you want to eat at you hadn't eat at? Where's the place you hadn't been you want to go? In other words, is your mind thinking about things you want to do, you haven't done, moving in the present? Or is your mind stuck in what you've already done? If I say, hey, let's find us something to eat, does your mind say, oh, man, that'd be awesome. Hey, I, there's a couple places I hadn't eaten yet I would love to. Or does your mind go to here? Hey, you want to go eat something? Yeah, but let's not eat over here. I'm telling you, I ate there the other day, and I'm telling you, it was the worst food I ever ate in my life, and I'm, I'm still. Instead of thinking in the present, you're thinking, the only time when I say let's eat, your mind goes to what happened to you two weeks ago. How does your mind work? Number five, learn more 
than about yourself. As I said a while ago, do you know your personality? Do you know your characteristics? Do you know the way you do things, how you do things? Do you know what makes you who you are? Do you know how you tick? That's part of growing in your life. Being able to realize, okay, this is what makes my life tick. This is what I like to do. I just shared with you me. I love finding a cause. I love finding something to do. I love The only problem with it, my downside, is I'm willing to kill myself sometimes to get it done. That sounds admirable until you're dying. It's the good and the flaw. Do you know the good about you? Do you know the flaw in you? Do you know your personality? Let me give you a couple things that will help you in moving forward. Number one, don't allow yourself ever to slip into the role of a victim. If there's one thing that's killing America right now, if there's one thing right now that's changed in the last 30 years in America, we have become a society of victims. That's what we are. Somebody, somewhere, the reason I'm not where I want to be or who I want to be or, is because somebody did something and I'm a victim. Lawyers live on it. That's why the number one commercials you're going to see on TV all the time is lawyers. Because somebody needs to make it right. Somebody got done wrong. That's a far cry from what Jesus said when somebody sues you for your coat. Go ahead and give them the matching pants that go with it. So it's a far cry from what Jesus would have taught. Don't even go down that road. Let it go. Yeah, but that's... Let it go. Don't ever choose to be a victim. Instead, think of yourself as a survivor. Somebody asked me, Tell me about your life. I have survived a lot of things. I have been a survivor most of my life. I can make fun of all the parsonages I grew up in and all the life we had and all we didn't have. And you know what? I've survived it all and took some great lessons from it. You went through the trauma, but you did come out victorious. You went through it. But you did come out. The only thing that hasn't changed is what you keep thinking about. The best gift you can ever give yourself is to learn to leave the past behind and to choose to live in your present. Now let's go back to our characters one more time. If we're going to talk about David and Joseph and Paul, we talked about their moments. We talked about David is standing there fixing to take on Goliath. But David has a backstory. David has a lot of things that he has to decide that I'm, it's okay. Even before he fights, think about all the things that's going on. His brother is standing there telling him, you, don't, you, you just are here to be arrogant. You need to go home and take care of them little sheep you got. Even Saul, who should be the one fighting, calls him into the tent, and, and he's not going to go out there. And he tells David, here, put my armor on. Because if you're going to fight now, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. 
One of the most powerful parts of the story of David and Goliath is not him killing the giant. Listen to me. The most powerful part of the story of David and Goliath is not him killing a giant. He, he knew he'd kill the giant. He never doubted killing the giant. He told the giant, for today, I'm going to have your head. He didn't come out and say, well, I hope it works out. He didn't do it. He, he pretty much knew I was going The battle for David was where he was going to live his life. The battle for David was where he was going to live his life. His brother said, go back and be what you were. The little shepherd boy sitting on a hill. The king says, you're just a boy. You ain't old enough yet to fight. And if you're going to go out there, then, then you need to wear my stuff. And notice what David does. David says, king, let me show you something. I haven't proved any of that. But there's been a lion that came out and a bear came out. And you know what? Me and this slingshot, we took care of pretty much every situation. And what I've learned in my past, I can carry into my present. What I learned from my past, I'll carry it into my present. So he goes out and fights this giant, doesn't even have a sword. But what he learned from his past, he said, now I'm ready to be in my future. I can do the same thing with Joseph. I can do the same thing with Paul. Listen, when you are at this point of having to decide to not suppress your emotions, you'll know your growth level. You'll know your growth level when how you react to your present. Let's take their stories. David is fixing to face a giant. What does he do? He praises. He praises. That's what he took from his past. All those times out there, I learned to praise. Joseph, when he sees his brothers, what does he do? He cries. He's not suppressing his emotions. He's learning to deal with them. And probably the most powerful one that we know in the New Testament is Paul and Silas in Acts sitting in jail. They've been put in stocks. They've been, and the Bible says at midnight, people think, oh man, God shook the jail. That's not the important part. The important part was that at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing. Think about it. What have you taken from your past? Because here's what God's trying to do in your life. He's given you your gifts and He's given you your abilities, but He's got to create your backstory. He's got to create your backstory. In my life, it works the same way. All the stuff that I've been through and all the stuff that I have faced, all the stuff that I've grown through is my backstory. I take everything from it that I can into my present. So when I go into a situation, when I go into God saying, hey, we need to, to build something, or we need to, well, what do I do? I go back to my past, and I go back to the first time that I needed to build something. So when people think about, oh, you're going to build something, then, man, that must be, it must be, no, it's not hard. Let me tell you what was hard. What was hard was when I built that building, because I never built one. And I went to the bank, and the banker laughed at me. 
Because I told him, well, I just need this amount of money. And he's like, Tim, you can't build it for that. I'm like, well, that's all I, that's all I know I got. That's all I know I He's like, well, let's see if we can do this and let's do this. And I'm, and I'm thinking, we can't do that. That's, that's. No, it was that one. That was the one that we had a Wednesday night meeting. And it was a harvest meeting. It was like talking about winning the harvest. And there was two of the big preachers in the state. You know, big wigs. They were coming down and they were going to do it at my church and then they were going to come over here and see the new building. And, and it wasn't nothing but mud and metal then. And I'll never forget that day. They showed up. Me and Elise and one other person showed up that Wednesday night for the meeting. Out of my whole church, I had one person. And as soon as that little meeting was over, I told him, I said, hey, let me go show you the new building. And I carried him over here and I walked him through where everything was going to be and everything was going to look. And man, I was just fired up. And, and years later, one of them came to me and he said, you know, I thought you were crazy. He said, because we had one person show up to your church service. And you carried me over here and showed me a building that was going to seat hundreds. That was when it was hard. Killing the giant was easy. The first time you see a lion, the first time you have to face a bear, that's when it's hard. Take from your past what you learned. Every one of you Every one of you has a backstory. Every one of you has something you can pull from that that makes you the champion you're meant to be. It doesn't matter if you're Batman in the Marvel comics or the DC. He stood there and watched his mom and dad killed. That's what made him Batman. Part of the story that the world loves to see is the backstory. How did you get here? The Bible says we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. One of the greatest things the enemy will do to stop you is he will cause you to want to hide and cover up your backstory. It's okay. It's okay what you went through. It's okay what you endured. It's okay who you dated when you was in high school. It's okay. The fact is, is you survived it. You came through it. And you can use it to become better than you are today. I know we try to put so much on God. We try to make God like, well, God's got to do this. God. But sometimes it's just us deciding that I forget the things which are behind. And I press toward my call, my prize. If it makes you feel any better, I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry for who did what, and I'm sorry for what you went through, and I'm sorry for who raised you, and I'm sorry for if that makes you feel better. But what's more important than anything right now is that you learn to take that and become the champion you're meant to be. That's what God intends. 
David, it's not that your family didn't like you. It's that you were meant to be a champion. Joseph, it's not that your brothers threw you in a pit. It's that you were meant to be a champion. Paul, it's not that you were all messed up in the head and thought you were doing good and wasn't doing good and killing people that were innocent. But it's that you were meant to be a champion. In this room, in this room are champions. In this room are champions. Nobody knows what it took to get you here. Nobody knows what you had to go through. Nobody knows the tears, the fighting, the thoughts, but God does. But God does. And the good news is, if you'll just keep putting that in your bag with a hole in it, you can spend an awful lot more time moving faster towards your future. Don't drag that past with you. It'll slow you down. Will you stand? I know this teaching is not quote is spiritual in some sermons. There's probably nothing I could teach you more right now that would help you that would help our society, would help our country. We live in a world stuck in their past. We live in a world that's constantly trying to let go and dream forward. And I hate to break it to you, the news ain't going to help you. What you read in most articles are not going to help you. Because being a victim sells a whole lot better. I like the way one person said it years ago, Walter Cronkite, who was kind of the starter of all this six o'clock news and all that. He said, he said, bad news is the only news that makes news. And he was right. It's so much easier being stuck in a past than it is to live in the future. But to be a champion, you're going to have to move forward. To be a champion, you got to think about where your marriage is going to be. you got to think about what your life's going to be. you got to think about what it's going to be. Because God has a place and a purpose and a plan. And he just needs someone to decide, I'm going to be a champion. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not backing down. Because greater is he that's in me than anything I'll ever face in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was born to be a champion. I was born to overcome. I was born to be victorious. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, 
it's time for me to do that. Then just do it. It's a decision you have to make in your mind and you have to fight with everything you've got. Every time that thought comes up, you catch it. No, 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 we ain't going there. That's what the Apostle Paul, you imagine all the thoughts that went through his mind and all the things the enemy would throw at him and he says, I catch every thought and I bring it under subjection whether it aligns with where I'm going or not. If you're in this room today, for some of you, it's time to make a decision. I'm not a victim. My life is not messed up. I'm going toward my future. And I'm going to take what I can from my past, but I'm going to live in my future. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for that person that's standing there and nobody, even the person standing beside them, do not understand all the thoughts and all the things they wrestle with. How life has affected them emotionally and how life has affected them in their dreams or their trust of people or, or how they see themselves. And but God, you do. That's why you said old things have passed away. And behold, all things are made new. You have the power, if we make the choice, to walk out of our past and to be the champion that we're called to be. Father, for that person right now, I speak that in the name of Jesus, they choose your power and they make the choice that I'm not going to live in my past and be tormented by thoughts for the rest of my life. God, I thank you that right now, right at this moment, that choice is being made. And thank you that you are cleansing them of all the negative, of all the anxiety, of all the stress, the way they've seen themselves. God, I speak that in the name of Jesus right now. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And we in this room are free. We are champions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, go give that old devil fence. <laughs>